it's just for me not to disconnect with myself. Mm-hmm. Other exactly. people are going to come in and out no matter what. Yet right. it's for me not to disassociate, not to disconnect from me or start acting very harsh with myself because I'm perceiving something on the outside is more important than my relationship with myself. Welcome to A Conscious Way Forward, a podcast about healing, reimagining leadership, and reinventing education. If you're a seeker, changemaker, or dreamer, you're in the right place. I'm your host, David K. Richards, and I'm on a mission to help individuals rise in consciousness and usher in a new paradigm of a more equitable and just global society. As an educator, founder and CEO, dadpreneur, coach, and ambassador for change, I share my conscious journey through real, raw, and relatable stories while engaging in conversations with a diverse group of guests. I discuss timeless wisdom teachings and how they've helped me navigate life, leadership, parenting, and heal my traumatic childhood wounds. If you're ready to come home to your soul's purpose, co-create a more equitable world, dream, act, and heal forward together, then please continue to listen. I'm so excited about today's guest, Nat Nat B, who several years ago was given a non-specific yet potentially life-threatening diagnosis for a condition that left her feeling exhausted, confused, and unable to work. So after spending more than 40 days in the hospital undergoing countless tests, while she had three sons at home to care for, Nat decided she was ready to take responsibility for her own health and well-being. So you'll see in this interview that Nat Nat shares how she used this journey back to health to develop her own practice of present moment awareness to learn how to work with her nervous system and to turn her lens inward. And through this process, she discovered that filling her own cup first allows her to be more present in her own life and to support others unconditionally on their conscious journey. This interview full of beautiful analogies grounded in timeless wisdom teachings will help you use your witnessing superpowers to effectively navigate the nervous system's natural response to triggers. So you can move through them and restore a sense of calm and balance. All right, I'm super excited. Let's dive in. All right, hello everyone. I'm so incredibly excited to be with my friend Nat Nat B. And we are, we actually did a test run like six months ago of this podcast recording and we decided we didn't want to run it. So here we are six months later. And I always love to start with just asking my guests to share a little bit about themselves so that the audience gets to know them better. So welcome, Nat Nat. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. I'm like so excited to have you. Thank you. And I want to take time out to thank you, David, for holding the space, for sharing this time with me. I am totally excited to be doing this in 2021, an abundant year. And I also want to take the moment to acknowledge um, all the work and dedication you've been putting into Heart of the Matter. It is tremendous. Um, People don't realize in the background how much work has to go into it. Um, (laughs) So thank you for that. And thank you for holding a space for people to have innovation and to speak about things that 
kind of can be a little intimidating or how who who can I speak to about this because yes. I have these thoughts or feelings yes. so thank you for creating that space for people to be open and honest and see things in a different way and be curious to try new things um, and not just always in the old narration so thank you for bringing that energy I really really appreciate it and thank I'm you. super happy for you and excited <laughs> I'm cheering you on um so a little bit about me. Um, I am a solo parent of three boys. Uh, one's 25. Uh, the others are twins that are soon to be 11 in a couple of weeks. Um, I was working previously. I am retired as of seven years ago, yet I am doing coaching through my company called Lift Oneself. Mm -hmm. um, seven years ago, actually, in this time slot, if we want to say it, um, I fell really ill um, to the point where I was bedridden. Um, I was going to the medical system and they couldn't find out what was wrong with me. I kept going for several months actually to the ER and stuff. And then when it was in March, I was finally admitted and told I was possibly going to die mm -hmm. um, because of lesions in my brain, um, brainstem and cerebellum. Mm -hmm. And I uh, was admitted in the hospital for almost like 40 days. Um, and I went through a batter of tests that mm -hmm. uh, you don't wanna, it was like Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. um, yet through that, they still couldn't find a diagnosis. So I was let go without any answers and without any kind of protocol. It was just here, take some medication. We'll hope that something will go. Mm -hmm. um, through discovering that, you know, hindsight is 2020. Um, what I knew what I was going through then, I didn't really understand that my illness was helping to actualize me, to bring out the authentic part of me. Um, it was a type of alchemy um, and a, a real depth of understanding the nervous system, understanding um, the body, understanding what inner turmoils we go through, how powerful our thoughts are, what trauma is. Um, it was a whole discovery of a lot of things that just opened up and released. Um, so in that, it's been a navigation of inner work in the past seven years. It's been um, a space of really accepting myself as a whole with a W um, and sharing that space with other people um, and, and letting people know it's, you know, come back to just be you, whatever that is, whatever that energy yeah. is that is what needs to be brought out here yet we get bombarded with so much conditioning yeah um so yeah um i don't know what else more no, to explain about myself but yeah um that's beautiful I, well, when i get that question i always kind of how do i answer that because yeah, i don't I, go with the normal i work here i do this I, and it's like <laughs> i'm really not into those identities of roles so it can get a little foreign for me to explain that stuff yes no that was a beautiful explanation and I wanted to actually share that you came into my awareness just recently because I did work with Natna as a coach through lift oneself and I I always recommend that people invest in themselves so I've had several different coaches and once the intuitive guidance comes like this is the person you should work with I'm like okay great so with Natna I was like yep this is time she's gonna really be direct she's gonna hold me in love, but also not BS me. <laughs> She's going to tell me the truth. And that's what I needed at that time. And you, I remember you saying, what is, who does, you said a lot of things, but one thing that when you said about being you, 
what you were just saying. You said to me, don't, it's not about being that person or this person. What, who does David want to be? Who does David want to be? And you encouraged me to go and get davidkrichards.com, the domain mm -hmm. name. And that was like, it's so funny because I'm sitting here remembering that that was literally one of the most petrifying things I ever did. And that was like a year and a half ago. And I think about my growth now and I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's easy. No big deal. <laughs> but at that moment, I needed your support to be like, just do it. Just go get the domain name. And I didn't realize how transformative that would be because I said, oh, I'm going to put myself out there yeah. and I'm no longer going to be playing small or hiding behind other names or other people or other organizations and really just say, oh, this is going to be about David K. Richards. So I appreciate you for that. And thank you for, there are so many things that Nana helped me with, but that was one that just came up right now. Cause I'm like, oh, we're kind of doing like a full circle where you encouraged me to do that. And interestingly enough, I am actually now going back to that website and kind of doing a whole rebrand. And I'm really focusing on David K. Richards and Heart of the Matter, but we're starting with David K. Richards. Yeah. So it's interesting that you're the mirror right now because you told me to do that a year and a half ago. And then I just had the meeting before you was to go back to David K. Richards again. And I'm like, oh, see, Nat Nat's yeah. soul is coming through and reminding me. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, uh, I remember that fear too, because the ex it's exposing ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's coming out of the conditioning that we have to wear this kind of mass persona to be navigating in the world, be it our careers, our role as a parent, yeah. husband, whatever narrative is. And we're so afraid to just be ourselves. Like, is that yeah. enough to just yeah. shine out? And will it have credentials or credibility? Will it be rejected? Mm -hmm. All that. Yet once we come out of that exposure, we realize, oh, it's just for me not to disconnect with myself. Mm -hmm. Other That's people are going to come in and out no matter what. Yet it's for me not to disassociate, not to disconnect from me or start acting very harsh with myself because I'm perceiving something on the outside is more important than my relationship with myself. Mm -hmm. um, and so doing that, I remember that the, the tremendous fear and what was coming up for you. And it was like, mm -hmm. just do it. Like nobody knows about it. It's just you to cross <laughs> over that line. Yes. And even just to do that, um, people will think, you know, and we'll have this intellectual, like, what's the problem? And it's like, you don't realize it's, it's really tethered into a root of a fear mm -hmm. that is deeply connected that you haven't been able to look at of the exposure of being yourself, yeah. because we've been so conditioned, um, and told that us just being us isn't good enough. You have to be this, you have to do this, you don't know this and all that. And we don't realize how much we've been crucified into that fear that as soon as we want to expose that part, it's like, we got to protect that vulnerability. We have to shelter it and not realizing that by doing that, we're making ourselves sick um, and we're dimming our light. So, okay. you know, I, I'm very thankful. Yes. No. And speaking of making yourself sick. So this is the next part of the story is that I then were in June, you had encouraged me to do that. And I knew I had an intuitive tuck at that point. I knew that that was the next step, but I needed the support. And it's really important that people hear you yeah. always need the support, even though every, all your answers are within and you are your own sovereign being, your human self needs the support. Yeah. So I needed the support from you to be like, Hey, just do it. Just go for it. Like, what's a big, you know, it's, it's okay. Like I'm here. If anything comes up, you can call me, you know, the nervous system goes crazy. Nat, Nat and that's right here. And it did happen. So then I worked for a few months to build the website after I bought the domain name. And then I went to a conference in New York 
with educators from across the country. And I was trying to launch it for that conference, but I was in deep fear that I would be judged, that I would be seen as too woo-woo, that I would be seen as, you know, this crazy guy who's, well, what's happened to the education reform? And he has an identity and a label and what's happening. And so I went into massive fear. And then guess what happened the moment I got back from New York when I launched it, when I put it, made it live. In it's bed. the last time I was really sick. Yeah. <laughs> five straight days. It was before COVID. Before yeah. COVID. It was five <laughs> let's, let's, let's. I know. I'm like, make COVID sure. COVID? <laughs> the collective is very heightened around this right now. <laughs> yeah. It was before COVID. I actually had what? Remember that thing called the flu? Yeah. Remember that <laughs> <I did>. one? <laughs> so I got some version of the flu or a really bad cold, but I was laid out for five days straight. And that was, but that's part of the process of awakening is when you start to, you know, re, kind of rewire your brain and your nervous system, as you know very well. So I want to hear, I know you wanted to, um, to share stuff about mindset. And I would just love to hear how you've worked with your nervous system and your brain and how you've kind of done the rewiring not to be taken down when you do something. So, so simple as putting your name on a website and then all of a sudden you get sick for a week. Yeah. You see in that, um, what I know, because I was with you during that experience, yeah. Um, we at times want to still put our round piece into a square space mm -hmm. and it's no longer fitting. So yep. in there, you were still trying to keep the old with the new yep. and let me stay in my comfortable, safe space and yep. just bring them what they need, not realizing this <laughs> isn't where you're supposed to shine anymore. Yep, and exactly. whoever needs to listen will listen. Yet we like a security blanket, I'm going to stay where I am because that's mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. I know and it's comfortable and all that. The other part that's too unknown and it's too yep, scary. Exactly. And when we do that and when we're open to awaken more and, and actualize, the nervous system takes a deep hit mm -hmm. and it feels like flu symptoms and yeah. total wipeout and burnout. Yep. because it no longer can take the false narrative anymore mm -hmm. and it can no longer allow that energy to be put out in that way yeah. um, because it's like you know what will invigorate us so this isn't going to work anymore because yep. you don't realize um, because our brain processes like trillions of thoughts and and memories and all this we don't even we're not even aware of how fast yeah. The mechanism goes yes um and so by doing that and being in new york and all these things you don't realize how fast things are going and you're yep. not in flow with your intuition yep. you're not in flow with just being yourself you're actually very armored up and mm -hmm. hit up hit mm -hmm. so it, it mm -hmm. wears you out yes um so when i fell ill seven years ago i had um to give you a little uh, I was sick in bed for three months. I had severe vertigo. I was throwing up. Um, when I finally got admitted into the hospital, I hadn't had a bowel movement in six weeks. Um, mm -hmm. I hadn't eaten food in probably about four weeks. Uh, liquids rarely could keep them down. Um, and uh, severe migraines um, come to find out that my menges were swollen. So it was the same thing as somebody having meningitis, the pain mm. that I was going through. Um, and in that, I can remember this one part where, because you're just stuck inside yourself. That's one thing, um, if I can impart to anybody right now, mm 
-hmm. Self-care is so important. Yes. Because once you have an illness, Mm -hmm. you are a prisoner in this body and there's nowhere to go. And where I was, I couldn't be stimulated by anything. I I couldn't, I was not able to watch TV. Mm. I was not able to read books um, because my eyes had actually moved positioning. Um, So when you have an illness, it's, it's a twofold. You're in it. It's excruciating and everything else. Yet it brings you into the solitude to finally have to face yourself and see the things that have been going on that you've been avoiding and overstimulating yourself not Mm -hmm. to see. So in the nervous system, when I got to see, it was all these memories that I was holding on to in these, Mm. there's this like inner critic that we have. It's really harsh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And you don't realize that it's just been this ego that some people use Mm -hmm. um, that has helped you to protect vulnerability as what you thought it to be um your essence what energy um you were to bring out and be and what invigorates you and keeps you fulfilled um so that nervous system understanding it it's like oh this thing is a really strong component because the nervous system has one function um and it's not to die because that's Mm -hmm. what keeps this body functioning yep And so depending on how you perceive things, you're taking hits that you're always dying. Mm -hmm. So say if you went bankrupt, Mm -hmm. that's a hit to your character, your financial security, all these things. So it feels like a death. And so it runs a whole rampant through your system. No, that's what happened to me during the, the, that's precisely this story is coming up for a reason, because it's going to help like explain what you went through with the nervous system, but it was the expansion was felt so massive because I knew I was really doing a soul expansion, yeah. but the nervous system and the personality jacket and the ego was like, Hey, 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 what's going on here? We're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. Like you're literally going to kill yourself. And then because it's a perfect storm and the universe is so precise, you know, we had a 7am meeting in New York, but that's three hours ahead for us. Yeah. So I had to get ready to get up and get to the place by, three, you know, three thirty California time. It was like, I was up in the middle of the night. I had to get yeah. up at 2, 2 a.m. my time. And then of course I had all this anxiety that I wouldn't get enough sleep. And so I think I slept like a one to three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I did sleep. So I'm going back to the self-care. I didn't sleep. And then um, I really, like you said, I was wanting to stay comfortable, but also expand. And there was yeah. such a disconnect that the nervous system literally was so freaked out that it just, everything shut down. And yeah. that's exactly what you're saying. So, but sorry, go ahead. I just wanted to share that. Yeah, no, Perfect. it's yeah. good that you're, cause I, I also am remembering, cause you got to also remember the dynamic of New York. Um, yes. If anybody's not ever gone to New York, the dynamic of New York, it's a very carefree, like you'll see so many different dynamic. And if you want to be accepted, go to New York cause you get everything yet. Yes. You're also apprehensive because there is violence. There is yeah. um, a type of aggression mm-hmm. and, and it's a nightlife always going constant, constant, constant. Yes. Yes. So it's like, you already are like, whoo, okay. Yeah. And then your own experience. So That was like, you know, what was needed to really open you up in such a significant way 
And I remember you walking too, but seeing the beauty in New York and seeing yes. the different dynamics and listening to the music and people dancing and stuff. So, um, and you were starting to recognize like what matters to me, mm-hmm. whereas I'm going to this big conference yet, do I really want to be in that kind of space anymore? So it was a beautiful unfolding for you. Yeah. So yeah. back to the nervous system, it's yeah. like, yeah, um, we have to understand how we've been conditioned and programmed everybody it's in the childhood mm-hmm. and everybody has it differently i know what my programming is um mm-hmm. from seeing deeply uh i was compared a lot i was an only child so mm-hmm. i don't have the reference of having siblings mm-hmm. so having twins being a solo parent to twins whoo, let me tell you i'm like <laughs> i've always second guessing and doubting and uh, other yeah, people yeah. are like that's normal i'm like i don't think that's normal yet <laughs> i don't have a reference of siblings i have right. cousins yet cousins are still not the same dynamic right. of siblings yes um so in that um where was i now sorry i lost my thought no no just your programming system. your program yeah programming mm. so in there i know i'm automatically comparison so when I yeah yeah. so when I get reactive when I start seeing myself compare like oh well look what they're doing and everything else I I automatically know that that's a trigger for me so I know come out because the nervous system is going to take control and try and distort what really is going on and not see all of the reality it's just going to start to narrow in because it feels threatened Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so once you understand yourself and you understand what your triggers are because of how you've been programmed to think you're not good enough because mm-hmm. you were um, instilled with this kind of belief and conditioning, mm-hmm. then you understand how all of a sudden when the nervous system's going to react in a way. Yeah. And once you understand that, then it becomes, okay, so I can go into this nervous system. I don't have to let it drag me around. And then all of a sudden wake up later and be like, oh, what happened? Because that's what really happens is when people are like, that was so out of character, the nervous system hijacked and just took over with old conditioning and programming. Um, And it can get pretty um, aggressive at times because it's a fight or flight. So unless you can just, and sometimes you have to come out like the lion or or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, So once you understand that you can, that's why meditation is so, I'm so thankful for um, learning that because mm-hmm. um, it allows you to come back into the breath because mm-hmm. the nervous system just narrows everything off and it comes very dualistic all mm-hmm. or nothing this yep. and that it, it doesn't know how to go beyond that mm-hmm. um, and so once you go into that you understand okay this is a reaction mm-hmm. and that's where your mindset is very important because then you have to see that I have to make choices of how long do I want to stay in this reaction? How long do I want to feel like this? It, and don't, when I'm saying this, I know some people might be like, what are you like? And maybe some colorful words, because nobody wants to hear (laughs) that they're empowered with these choices. Like it was somebody else that did something to me. That is true with a small T to a certain degree, Mm -hmm. yet no matter where you are, how you feel internally, you have immense power over that. Yeah. 
And it's taking the practices of coming back and being like, I'm in reaction. Let me come out of this mind state. Cause it's a state mm-hmm. of mind, not yes. mind state, state of mind. Yeah. So it's like, okay, come back into calming the nervous system down mm-hmm. and recognizing I'm overreacting because this feels a certain way. And that's why it's important to feel because a lot of us have been so cut off from feeling Mm -hmm. we have suppressed feeling that we have so much things stored in that they all come up at the same time and you have no idea what's going on that's why a lot of people are like I don't know what's going on because you don't know how to feel anymore there's so much that got jammed in that when it comes up it's just overload Um, so that's why it's so important to let your energies flow through because if you study psychology and neuroscience and, and whatnot you understand that an emotion is created by a thought and that mm-hmm. thought is stemming from a belief system. Right. So, you know, where some people may cry over something and another person won't, it all depends on how they were programmed with the conditioning of a belief of how they're going to define this and how okay, they're yeah. going to interact with it. Now I want to break this down because I did my last solo episode on this and Julie, my lovely wife was editing it. And she's like, you said something about somebody seeing a red shirt and you think you're going to get punched in the face. She's like, I don't understand what you're talking about. But it was exactly, she's like, and you didn't elaborate. So we're finding some fun things as we're working together. But, but what I wanted to break down is what I was getting at, which I didn't elaborate. So let me do it now is you have a program that's running subconsciously, right? Somebody with a red shirt when you were in seventh grade punched you in the face. So you turn and you're walking down the street and you see a red shirt. So you're not aware of the fact that your program starts to run, which is nervous system says, I'm going to die. I'm going to be punched in the face and I'm going to feel small. I'm going to feel, so your feelings are bad. Your physical, it's a trauma, right? Mm -hmm. So when you see that red shirt, if you're not consciously aware, you're not, you know, you, you will start to run that program. Mm -hmm. So to break it down, what you were just saying is like, you have a thought or a feeling, which is an emotion, which is energy in motion that's tied to a belief system. Mm -hmm. And the belief system is tied to a program typically from your inner child wounds. Mm-hmm. So it's all making sense. Am I breaking it down the yeah. way you're saying? Okay. Yeah. Okay, great. So in that, like, say for the instance, the, um, the memory you're saying where a child hits you. Okay. You're also yeah. not looking at the part of vengeance because you weren't able to stand up for yourself. Now right. you want to go attack this person. Right. Right. And you didn't allow yourself to use your voice in a, in a way. And then you yes. get angry with yourself. Because yes. in that, in these memories too, you have to look at, you were a part of that story mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. way you showed up, it may not have been the way that you could have, yet you also have to have the grace to understand you didn't have the capabilities of being able to show up in the way that you wanted to. And you yes. cannot bring this awareness to attack that awareness Yes, because yes. seeing it from these eyes to when that was, it's two different ways. So don't go attacking it. But the Um, nervous system doesn't know the difference, correct? No. Past, present, future. So it doesn't know that the red shirt was when you were seven or 13 and you were, you know, you didn't have the capacity at that time. Adult Nat, adult David's like, oh, if someone comes with a red shirt and they're going to try and punch me, you know, I have a lot of tools now and I could stand up, I could walk away, you know, all those kind of things. But your nervous system doesn't know that. It doesn't know, right? Okay. And that's why it's important to go into that memory, mm-hmm. feel that memory, see it with a bird's eye view, mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. it from the other person's perspective, 
So right. you can release the emotions that were attached to that memory yes. so that you don't become reactive. Yes. A lot of people just have the memory and they get all, and then they shut off that feeling. They don't let it pass through. Right. Right. And so aware. then what, Mm-hmm. And okay. so when every time they talk about it after they get triggered with it, like, oh, yes. I'm a victim. I'm it's because you didn't feel your way through it because it felt too intense for you. Yes. Yes. Because it if it it when you go into the memory, it will feel like you're reliving it again, which is what you want to release the whole narration that you interpreted yes. the memory as. Yes. Yes. And to let go of that narration. And so, and sometimes it takes a few times to go and get the resonance out and Mm -hmm, be like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm okay with this now. And that's why sometimes, you know, where you would be reactive with red, when you've gone through that process after it's like, there's nothing. Why why is there not nothing? How come? And it's like, you let go of the suppression of the energy. It's no longer stuck in there that you're reliving that memory because the emotional charge is no longer there. And this is the rewiring you, right? This is the rewire rewiring of the brain in that your um, nervous system is just running on whatever, you know, memories and memories. Right. So it's like, and it's supposed to do that. The amygdala and the nervous system, because it's keeping you safe from, you know, the caveman days or whatever, when you actually could get clubbed and killed by a lion or whatever. And so, um, but if you can rewire that you're actually not in danger anymore when you see a red shirt but your brain has been wired to convince you that you are. Yeah. So by going in there and, and I've done a lot of hypnotherapy recently uh, based on my childhood trauma and really going. And I joked before saying that I've spent a lot of time in the operating room, you know, <laughs> where we recorded, but I have spent a lot of time with Janet Philbin and doing the inner child hypnotherapy, because mm-hmm. that's exactly what we do. We go right into, in your deep meditation, in your hypnosis state, you're able yeah. to go deep into a subconscious memory that has, it's crazy because it's literally, there's been ones that have been running programs for me for 37 years, since I was eight years old. And a lot of people in 2020 are starting to identify these massive programs in their life. And you're like, wait, why am I letting this unconscious subconscious program literally run 70% of my day? Because every day I think that I'm in danger or someone's gonna be mean to me or I'm not worthy or I'm not good enough. And it's like, that is, and, and when you've had childhood trauma like you and I have, there's a lot of stuff to examine because there's a lot of programs that are running that are really intense. It's, it's, I mean, everyone has the trauma, but I'm talking about like when you've gone through the abuse and things we've gone through, like it's yeah. pretty. Because the world feels unsafe. Yes. Where other people had traumas and the world didn't feel so hostile. Whereas for us, it was, um, we were left on our own without any kind of devices, anybody to lead us in a, in a way. And the world felt very hostile because then your inner critic gets very harsh with yourself. Yes, yes. Because if you wouldn't have did this, these people wouldn't have, and you don't realize the other person's impact. You're not mm-hmm. seeing the other person's story because as a child, we're all narcissists. It's all self-absorbed mm-hmm. yeah. and it's only our little world. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times... There's very rare. Um, I know, you know, Shafali has spoken about hers when she was younger, that she could have the insight that, no, this is this other person. And mm-hmm. some of us do have that, yet uh, the majority internalize that it was something that we did wrong. Yes. yes and we absolutely. called that on. And if we would have just, and it's like, we're not seeing the full big picture. Mm-hmm. And that's why going into the nervous system, 
and going into those memories and uncharging that emotional charge yes. brings that liberation. And it's like, yes. oh my gosh, I can see the world and I can breathe. Like I'm no longer holding my breath. I'm no longer afraid to be joyful. I'm no yeah. longer afraid to feel the abundance. Um, yeah. I'm not always on edge. Um, mm -hmm. And it's a huge mm -hmm. thing. And it's a huge thing that people are like, wow, I, I didn't need medication or all these kind of different things. Yes. It was that I had to feel the intensity of feeling rather than like numbing and suppressing. I, I just really had to feel the intensity of what it felt like and be there for myself and yes. bring a kind and gentle narrative in there um, yes. where we've kind of push through it and be harsh yes. and yes. go through. And, you know, there's sometimes we have to be direct and right. catch ourselves when we're um, procrastinating and, and, and a, in, in fear, because a lot yeah. of it is fear because we're afraid of what the unknown is. What trauma does also too, is because we have experienced an outcome of pain. Mm -hmm. So anytime that comes, we think we know the outcome is going to be pain. Yes. Yes. all the time 100% it's going to and we don't know that until mm -hmm. so a lot of it we just sabotage and just cut it right off yes. because yes. I know I'm a fortune teller I know the outcome it's and it's like <laughs> you don't though no. until you allow and you know there may be certain things yet you don't know and right. that's the whole thing of reminding your nervous system and taking over it and because you know the nervous system is like um, a stallion it has mm -hmm. immense power, yeah. immense. And when you know how to ride it, mm -hmm. not try to tame it, because you can't, it, it's very rare you can tame a stallion. You don't right. want to tame a stallion right. and its energy. You want to be able to ride it, ride it. and yes. ride it in a natural way and then come off it when you don't need to, because you yeah. don't want to be in that. Yeah. Um, so you want to be able to ride that immense energy. And a lot of people aren't aware of what's going on in there. Um, yeah. So once you, you know, meditation is a beautiful space because meditation is a space where you observe, mm -hmm. you don't yeah. try to analyze it. Right. You don't try to poke at it. You just observe what's going on mm -hmm. and you get to see, wow, I understand that there's so much I don't know. And I thought I knew everything and I'm limiting myself by hurting myself or suppressing and stuff like that. Right. So once you use the meditation and you open up, it opens up so many other dimensions and, mm -hmm. and places of the story. And so then you interact with life in such a different way that yes. I don't know. And it's, and I'm safe in the, I don't know. Right. Yet I'm curious to find out and experience some more. And it brings and you not, into the, yeah, it brings right? you into the present moment, meaning like, when you're in meditation, you're in the present moment. So as when we were working together, um, you would irritate me in this way. <laughs> and I've told you this already, that you would be so attuned to when I was suppressing an emotion that you'd be like, very calmly and be like, David, you're activated, right? And you're like, you're walking around. And I'm like, ah, she caught me again. <laughs> but what you helped me do and is that when you've gone through the trauma, like you said, then you get really good, especially for people like us that are very heart-centered and empathic, you get really good at suppressing everything down because the little child's like, oh, well, if I'm open and free and empathic and intuitive, then, you know, bad things are going to happen and the pain's going to come. So you get really, really good at shutting it all down and suppressing it. And so when you and I were working together, it would be like, 
you'd ask me a little question and it'd be like the red shirt. It'd be a little tiny subtle question you'd ask me because you were probably intuitively finding there was some good juice there, you know, some good nectar to go into. And then I would just kind of start walking and moving and, and it was very subtle. But what you taught me was that like, when you are not good at accessing your emotions, like a lot of men, but a lot of people in general, then you actually don't even, you're not aware of when you're triggered or activated. And like, you're aware when you're upset because somebody, you know, called you a bad name, but you're not aware that like, just by one person asking you a simple question or seeing the red shirt example, like you're not aware that that's a trigger for you or an activation. So then you run the cycle of shut down the emotion, push it down, run the program. And you're just going through your life with your your nervous system on overdrive. Mm -hmm. And the meditation brings you to present moment so that when you and I were working together, I could really just take a deep breath. And then the nervous, just from doing that, the nervous system's like, oh, maybe we're not going to die. And, and then I could, I could just look at what is actually activating me right now and what's the emotion that I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, and the emotional intelligence people talk about how you, the simple act of, label, of labeling it yeah. is really, really effective. Because then you can yeah. say, oh, that's sadness. Oh, when Natna asked me the question, it reminded me of when I was eight years old and there was nobody in the house and I didn't have any, I didn't know what to eat for dinner. So that little question made me feel like I'm in trouble again. And so instead of running away from it, you helped me be able to really access those emotions and then just feel them, go into a meditative state, get into your present moment. And then they can pass within like 90 seconds. They've done research on this, but you actually have to bring awareness to that and be in the present moment, not have to, but it helps if you can do that because then you can just free that energy from the being stuck in your body for all these years yeah and it's it's the power of acknowledgement mm-hmm. we don't acknowledge and once you took that breath and we can see it's like i acknowledge that this is here and then we go through all the emotions and then at the deep core we find out it's fear yet it has different ways to look and how that energy is and stuff right and we have not been um, given the authority um, to acknowledge things because you're supposed to be something other than that because right. that is a form of weakness to acknowledge something. And a lot of people don't realize that acknowledging doesn't mean identifying. Uh-uh. It's just you're showing something. Like if you're lost, you have to find out where you are on the map to make, be able to find where you have right. to go. Right. And that's just acknowledging. Um, yet a lot of people think, well, if I say this, then all of a sudden I am this thing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are forgetting to put the word feel like Mm -hmm. I am feeling sad, Mm -hmm. not I am sad. I am feeling sad. I am feeling scared. I am feeling this. Mm -hmm. And we get fixated in a solid, this is my identity. And we forget this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. But those 90 seconds, every second feels like an hour. So yeah. it's like an intense, yeah. it's intense. And sometimes we have to jump out of it because it's just, whoa, can only take that much of it. for. And then every time we go in, the longer we can stretch it out, the less intensity it has. And then we're not in such big reactions for long periods of time. Yes. Um, and it takes practice. Yeah. And, and it's not to dive in that all of a sudden I know my trigger is this. It's practicing in the little things because the small actions create the bigger parts where you can finally take on the intensity 
Yeah, because we get so conditioned that we want to be so perfect and get over with it. Mm-hmm. We don't realize we go into a kind of sabotage by trying to tackle it all right away. And it's mm-hmm. like, you're you're going to do more damage that way, because then you're going to be really intimidated to really have to access any of this. And you're kind of proving the narrative like, well, look, it doesn't work. Uh, it, I can't do this and it's not for me and all that. Yeah. It's like you're proving yourself wrong because right. we are so habituated not to put in the work of feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to be careful of that narrative of we just will will dim ourselves mm-hmm. and want to, you know, prove that narrative of, well, look, you're not able to do this. And it's like you haven't even given yourself the little bites to mm-hmm. try to achieve this. You've yes. gone too big of a scale. Um, and and those are the things that, like you said, a coach helps. Yeah. Having somebody have a bird's eye view mm-hmm. and that can hold that space that, okay, you're activated right now. Mm-hmm. Let's talk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, you got to feel it out. And then you can start to figure out, like open up that memory of, well, this is how I felt. And now this is why I do this part, or that's why I do this part. Because I think I'm still this this aspect and I haven't even allowed myself to see what was the other part. Yeah. I didn't even, and then you get to see it in such a different way and you interact with yourself in such a different way. Yeah. Um, and movement is very important. Uh, sometimes, you know, we'll talk about meditation and all that, yet meditation is to interact with life. Yes. You know, we do yes. the sitting practice at the beginning to get used to using our mind in a different way to be able to focus and stuff like that. Yet meditation isn't to arrive somewhere. It Mm -hmm. isn't to run away from somewhere. Mm -hmm. It isn't to get rid of something. Mm -hmm. It's actually to drop into the moment Mm -hmm. and to let go of whatever narration you have so Mm -hmm. that you can see all of it and not just your limited part. That's just all that. So meditation, when you use it in your everyday life and you see, wait a minute, let me slow it down Mm -hmm. and see things and let me feel, let me feel what's going on inside that might be putting a veil over how I'm interpreting what's going on externally for me and how the interaction with somebody else. And, and once we start to do that, life just opens up in such magical ways. Like I was, we were just talking off how you set yourself up with certain things and look at what has manifested in the year of 2020. That would be such a doom year. How many great things have happened for you. Right. Right. And, and, you know, people would be like, oh, yet they won't see the work that you did previously. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause everybody just, you know, Oh my gosh, look at all these big. And it's like, Oh, you have no idea what kind of trench work I went through though. And what kind <laughs> of actions I went through yeah. and, and decisions yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and And this is the beautiful rewards that all of a sudden you start to change the narration of how you're interacting with life and how you're perceiving it. And it doesn't mean challenges don't come in. Like there's always challenges all the time. It's Mm -hmm. how we interact with it and how we ask ourselves, how long am I going to stay in this reaction for? Because it's a state of mind. And once we take the decision that I am in control of my mindset, Yes. Then you take the empowerment of how are you going to come out of this? Yes. And what are you, because a lot of times people want to be like, oh, I got the power of the mind. Yet when push comes to shove, then they don't want that. 
So they want to play one foot in, one foot out Mm -hmm. and use it whenever they can feel like they want to use it and then use the blame game. Yeah. And blaming something externally, there's no power in that. It feels no good. Yeah. There's ju- it's like junk food, yet <laughs> you cannot control anything that's yeah. outside of you. Be a parent. You, yeah. We know we can't <laughs> control the little humans. So exactly. um, go ahead. Go. You can. And, and if you're using fear, then yes, it's a misconceived mm-hmm. control. Yet long term, that will come back. Um, yeah. So when we let go of the narration, then we have a really different relationship with the nervous system. And we don't chastise it and get angry with it. Because a lot of times we're getting angry with, oh, you're being that. And and we're not even taking a moment to understand why the programming is the way it is Mm -hmm. and how it's Mm -hmm. feeling. So coming back into like, you know, with the illness, it was my um, gift that actualized me. Yes. Yet, you know, when you're in it, you don't want to hear any of that. No, I don't want to hear it. Sometimes when I'm going through my stuff still now, I don't want to hear any of that. My right. aunt, the other day I was talking to her and she's like, you know, I like to listen to you on Facebook, but sometimes your positivity, I just, I'm like, it makes you want to puke. <laughs> she's like, I just have to turn it off. Cause it's just, yeah. too, how do you do that? Like, how do you, and I'm like, it's a choice. It, yeah. I, it, it's not that I don't like, I went walking this morning. I had pain in my leg, all this yet. I know to embrace it. And yeah. to be there with it, not push it away. Because if yes. I push it away, yes. it's I'm not I'm not going to be here present in the moment. Yes. And I can move through it, and then all of a sudden a new thing comes up. Um, yet that's what my illness allowed me to see, to accept all of it, and to really ask, what are you here for? Mm. Like, why are you here? Pain is a significant teacher, yes. huge. Yet. Yes. It's the teacher that we we tend to not like the most, but it's the most impactful. And it's the one that brings the most gifts and gems and treasures. Um, Because in that, it stretches your empathy to no longer Mm -hmm. belittle somebody else when they're going through something. Exactly. Exactly. Because you can deeply listen to somebody else and understand where they are and also understand where they can be. Yes. And, you know, Nat, Nat, you talked about the meditation and it helped me realize that as you were talking, I am now in a meditative state a lot throughout the day because I do my walks in the morning. I do my gym work. I do my sitting meditation. Like I have my whole process. And by doing that for the, so I have, so Shafali taught me to meditate it feels like 72 years ago, but I think it was only two years ago. Yeah. Whenever your manifestation started or whatever. So January of 2018. So three years ago. And um, so then since that time, I've pretty much done every single day, five to minutes to one hour, you know, 20 minutes here and there every day for three years. And that's allowed me to, like you were saying, get to understand the feeling and the um, flow that you can get into. So now when I'm sitting here talking to you, the mind is not going on 5 million thoughts. I'm not thinking about when I'm going to hang up. I'm not thinking about you know, the dot uh, behind you or my two black doors. None of those things are happening. <laughs> I'm yeah. just literally dropped into this present moment with you. Yeah. And you were saying earlier something about like the choice about reaction. And what I'm finding is there's not even a choice anymore because I'm starting to be in the present moment. And I guess there are choices that come through, but it's like mm-hmm. once I can really ground myself in the present moment, then the intuitive guidance comes so clearly 
that there's not it's like a choiceless choice it's like just follow the intuition and then once I do that then it's um then I'm able to see like you were saying just the small steps and just trusting and surrendering and going into the unknown and knowing that every single thing is here for your awakening yeah the experience I had in New York your illness those are the kind of things like I'm, I really, and you've all, you used to always say this to me, you're like, oh, that's a great story. You can put that in your book. <laughs> remember that for the stage, remember that for the book, you know, when you're, and so I know that these things are happening just to help me wake up even more and that the universe is quite gentle and will only kind of hand to you what you can handle in the moment for the most part, for the mm-hmm. most part. Mm-hmm. So it's been, the universe has been very gentle with me thus far let's keep it that way. I don't want to jinx anything. Just kidding. No, but you know, and so it's been, I've been able to really just ground in the present moment. And then every single lesson I need is right there in front of me. And if I don't look at it, I was like, Oh, this is good. This is bad. Oh, this is that. This is, and, and it's just not let the, um, like go from the heart to the mind instead of from the mind down, mm-hmm. then the mind becomes the powerful computer instead of the, the, um, egoic mind that takes you down. I like Michael Beckwith calls it the divine mind. And you're tapping into the divine mind instead of the egoic mind. And, and then when the thoughts come in that, you know, are tied to a program, oh my gosh, I just quit my job or I'm about to quit my job. And all the thoughts come in, like you're a loser, you're an idiot. How are you going to pay the bills? You're, you're so stupid. You're so irresponsible. Like you said, you're really gentle. You don't run away from them. You, you feel into them and then you just send them a bunch of love. Mm-hmm. it's really just your inner child saying like hey I kept you safe for all these years by by putting these programs and these thoughts out to you like if you hadn't listened to me a lot of bad things would have happened to you so you're like oh thank you so much for worrying that if I quit my job that we're going to live in the gutter yeah we're okay now we're really okay now but it's like acknowledging like you said letting it come through you and always just coming back to the present moment which meditation as Nat Nat said is literally what changed my life because it allows you to start to understand what it feels like to be in a meditative state yeah. and you don't have to be sitting down and closing your eyes no. now when i'm walking or when i'm sitting here i just get some sort of you know i get seven messages i'm like oh i'll write them down later and then if intuition tells me to act on them i will and maybe this was a, something that's supposed to happen 10 years from now so i'm not going to over overdo it but we'll just kind of wait and see what the guidance tells me to do in this moment yeah Because it's uh, meditation also, like that is a form of understanding your nervous system. Because once we meditate, we come to see how much we're bombarded with thoughts and we think that they're true. Yes. We we get hooked into them. And meditation allows you just to see the stream of thoughts and realizing I don't need to fish in that stream. Like none of that stuff is what I need to use. Um, and like you said, we, we go on autopilot with all these kind yes. of different narrations. And that's why it's very important, not only what we consume in our mouth, yet what we consume visually, what we consume auditory. And so, you know, with the, the, the new era of social media and different mm-hmm. types of news and entertainment, we have to realize more and more we're being bombarded by so many things that can get primed into our nervous system and it's activating it. Yes. Um, yes. So we have to be aware of how are we going to move forward as a civilization yes. with this. Um, and it's not to evilize technology neither. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, I really, that's again, this, this dualistic mind yep. of all or nothing. Absolutely. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoy my modern life of a fridge and being able to talk to somebody in California when I'm in cold Canada right now. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's also understanding when what we are allowing, and that is our responsibility, yes. um, and what we are consuming, and and us as a society too. To what are we going to do for the boundaries? What are we mm-hmm. going to create for a next generation? Yes. Because what is happening is people are becoming more and more still came with nonviolence. Yes. I cannot say that for my own life. Mm-hmm. Um, yet we do have somebody that has created it. So if one human has done it, that means we all have the capabilities of doing it. It's just, we haven't chosen to do that. Yes. And that's yes. what we're forgetting that, that if one human has done it, that means mm-hmm. we all have, it's just, we haven't had the elements or the power to tap into that. Yes. Um, so it's, it's really, impo- it, like, it's really important to find people that will reinforce mm-hmm. the love for you, yes. that will encourage you, yes. that will mirror things yes. and that will give you the empowerment to believe in yourself. And yes. the biggest thing too, is to trust yourself. Yes. The nervous system, you have to trust yourself and you have to trust to make mistakes. Yes. That's what learning is. Exactly. And yeah, you know, we were like, Ooh. yeah, exactly. And you know, what you're bringing up is this shift. So the whole reason I wanted to start this podcast, a conscious way forward, the reason I started hard, the matter, the reason I started David K. Richards, it's all the same reason, which is to really help people wake up. Yeah. And not like I'm going to help them wake up necessarily. Like I'm not trying to fix or change them but rather I'm going to continue to just embody this Mm -hmm. work that you and I are doing in everyday life, all day, every day with the children, Mm -hmm. with the male person, with the grocery store clerk, with the, you know, the school, everything, just embody it. And the hope and the wish or just, again, it is a hope or a wish. It's a vision. It's a hope or a wish that by me doing that, by me constantly going back within that that'll start to ripple out and that somebody will hear one word that you said today and they'll be like, hmm, I hadn't thought about it that way. And it'll start their process of awakening. Or somebody who's deep in the awakening process will be like, oh, wow, yeah, that was, that's what I needed to hear in this moment to go back to my meditation practice or to whatever it might have been. Or, oh, I hadn't thought about the inner child and the nervous system as much. You know, I haven't thought about that for a year or two. And that these conversations will help people and that we start to create this new, new or co-create this new earth together mm-hmm. so that we're not looking for institutions and the CEO, or we're not looking for the religions that tell us that everything's on the outside and we sit back here and we wait for someone to save us, that literally we are the sovereign beings and we have power at every single moment to co-create our reality. And the other thing you brought up was a perfect time for me to actually talk about the inner Sangha, which we're running again, because you talked about support and people encouraging you. And you know the entrepreneurial world talks about how you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I heard that five years ago and I started doing an audit and I was like, this person complains and is negative all the time. This person is always a victim. This person is my energy vampire because I'm an empath. Oh, this person's wonderful. Oh, and this person is, and I'm like, four out of the five are a little, I'm in the average of the four out of the five. So I'm yeah. negative, I'm complaining, I'm a victim. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so what we found in the inner Sangha is once we got, you know, a group of 13 people together that are talking this language, doing this work, is that the encouragement and the support for the human self is beautiful. And then you get all of the messages and the waking up from the soul when you're around all these beautiful people that are doing the work. And 
Um, so I just appreciate you giving me a good a good reason to to plug the new yes, program. Yes, of course. <laughs> and you're supposed to. This yeah. is a thing too. Um, it's showing up 100% for yourself. Yes. We haven't been taught that. We haven't been taught that. And when you show up 100% for yourself, you can be the presence for other people. Yeah. Yet we've been going on the outside trying to get in. Yes. Forgetting yes. it's an inside job that goes out. Yes. And yes. so we're not showing up 100% for ourselves. And then we get so exhausted and depleted because we think by doing all these other things, then we're going to get our, our good deed or good yes. narration or our story or whatnot. When it's like, well, you need to show up 100% for yourself because yes. you cannot give what you haven't received from yourself. Yes. And you think you're doing all these things yet really what's the energy underneath it? Is it really, cause that's what it is. It's the energy that we share with each other Absolutely. and how we feel. And I want to piggyback and come back to how you said hope and wish for the heart of the matter. Yes. It's actually your desire yes. and you're no longer daydreaming with your desire. You're actually living your dream. Mm -hmm. Because when before to do David K Richards and all that, it was daydreaming with mm -hmm. your desire. Yeah. Yeah. To actually put it into motion, then that was living your dream. And that was too scary to be doing. Mm -hmm. I'd rather just daydream with my desire mm -hmm. yeah. to actually live in my dream and to co-create and manifest with desire. That seems like that's not my realm. I'm not capable of doing this. And yeah. it cannot be that simple. Yeah. It has to be overcomplicated. It cannot come this simply as that. And it's like, right. and to change that narration, it's an intense work through yeah. the nervous system. Yeah. So you get depleted and you get fatigued. Like a lot of people after they do my sessions, they're like, I need to go to sleep. And I'm like, yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You really. do. Um, you need to sleep because it was an intensity of uh, you see how much you've been BSing yourself. You see mm -hmm. where you haven't allowed, like my ability is to calm the nervous system yes, and for you to see things that you've been so afraid to see or to yes. be honest about and then you like see it and then once we see something we can't unsee it so mm -hmm. even though you may go you know it, it goes under the veil again you're like it's in there because i saw it so let me connect into that and then once you connect you you keep going and stuff like that yeah. and like you said if you we have to then take the inventory of who are we associating with mm -hmm. and what are they amplifying in me yeah Exactly. Are they amplifying the drama, the wanting to complain, the this, or am I getting, and when I say encouragement, encouragement also means to call people out. Yes. A lot of time people think encouragement just, oh, they're always going to agree. And it's like, if people are always <laughs> agreeing with me, then they're too afraid to call me out on yes. truth because yes. truth can be brutal at times. And yeah. we don't see what we're doing to ourselves. Yeah. And encouragement means like you can do yeah. a bit better. And you, you can go. You don't have yeah. to be mean about it. You can just no. say it in the way that they can hear it. And that's actually and, the most important part is saying it in the way they can hear it. And you can just say it and just drop it there. You don't have yeah. to keep sh like with love means I just said it, but I'm not going to shove it down your throat. No, no. Because if you're not ready to hear it, then I have to respect that space. Yes. Yet for me not to say it to you, then how am I holding truth? Exactly. I have to show you something that you're not able to see and that you don't want to accept. 
and that's okay. And I'll meet you exactly where you are. Yet I'm not going to lower my standards to make you feel pacified in that. Right. So encouragement means like, you know, we're going to talk about it. We're going to let you vent and say what there is and allow you to show us what are the solutions. Yes. Tell me what your solutions are because we can puke all we want yet. Where are the solutions? What are we going to gather from this? And a lot of times people want to run to fix somebody when all a person needs is some deep listening to be able to share, to sort it out. And then all of a sudden come to their own solution. And it's like, thanks. Well, because you're the mirror, right? And so if you're doing the work on yourself, they don't need to be fixed. They just need to look at you in the mirror. And so you help me come get clarity on the other desire that I have that I want to go from desire and or from daydream to living the dream, which I love that. I love that from the, from daydreaming the desire to living the dream. And I really feel like part of my soul contract is to invigorate others. So when I was doing the Michael Beckwith new year visioning process, it's like a two and a half hour process. And it was like half of it was meditation. And I got three concepts. Number one was to ground myself as the pillar of love. Like there's a beam from the top going down and it's just grounding as a pillar of love. So that when I'm in this energy as the mirror, people can then feel safe and calm. And the second concept was to be a creative catalyst so that when I'm creating a calm and safe space and holding that space for them and being the bridge, then they can actually catalyze their creativity. Because what is creativity? Is it's a reflection of the source. It's the reflection of your highest self. So then you're like, oh, I've always wanted to do this mealtime program of planning. I've always, for moms, I've always wanted to fill in the blank. And then once they have that momentum to go from daydreaming to living the dream, then this is going to be one of my memes now, Nat, now. (laughs) I'll have to put your name next to it. It's so beautiful. Then they can actually see the world through the prism. So I got the visual of a prism and it's like, now you can see the different angles and the different lights of when you're not seeing things in duality and black and white. And you can be like, oh, so that is my desire that I want to start living this dream that when I interact with people that just by me holding the space, they're like, okay, I'm going to go start this project. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Because that is how we shift the paradigm. That's how we co-create the new earth. Not through waiting for some guy at the top of the CEO chain to tell us how we're supposed to do next step and not waiting for a formula, not waiting for the recipe that was written in 1940. Like it's literally just, what are all the new ways you can show up as your most authentic version of yourself? And then that's how 10 years from now, we're gonna look back and be like, wait, why did we ever think that the public school system should be the way it was? Isn't that hilarious? The way we used to put them in the factories all day, every day. (laughs) Oh, wasn't that funny with the healthcare system, how it was really robotic and beautiful people within the system, just like schools, but yet they're operating in this robotic system. It's like, oh, how did that all change? Oh, it was like just a group of people that kept showing up as their authentic self and going within and being the, the, um, the ripple effect. Yeah, beautiful. It is, and it's, it's fascinating once we allow ourselves to let innovation come in and not just keep repeating and being open to, it's really holding the space of being open and willing to see it differently. Yes, and that's that the prism that I got. Yeah. So intimidating. Yes. Because it's like, well, this has always kept us safe, yet it's like, this is the way we've always done it. So don't, and it's like, yet if this is the way you've always done it, are you open to seeing that possibly it was wrong? Yeah, right. Welcome to 2020. 
<laughs> yeah. A lot of people are like, no, 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 we don't question. It's like, you know, like 2020 got to show people how hung strong they were on traditions yeah. and couldn't even let go of it once. Yeah. Cause all the traditions that happened in one year, you weren't even able to let go of it just for one year, one year. Yeah. <laughs> and it sent you bonkers yeah. and yeah. you didn't even realize that I could create something different. Mm-hmm. I can create my own new way, but it was like, no, it has to look like this because tradition has to. And it's like, there's no evolution in that. Mm-hmm. And because <laughs> we're, you know, under a pandemic right. trying to, you know, um, keep humanity evolving yeah. you're going to say you can't adapt right and so we got to see where there's a lot mm-hmm. of the insanity that we subscribe to that we think well it has to just be like this and it's like you're not even allowing yourself to adapt and we're not saying it's always going to be like this it was just no. once one year one year <laughs> one <once>. time yeah <laughs> one time like of several there were several one times yeah. but it was only right. for one year to do this one time yeah. And, and look at, but not even, but let me take that out. The beauty of this is the things that were impossible. People can't oh. work from home. Yeah. Kids can't be at home. Yeah. Kids can't play. <laughs> Parents can't like, no, this, that, and all this stuff. And it's like here in Canada, we have our, our bank representatives working from home, accessing a highly secure yeah. system. Yeah. Our government employees are accessing a highly secure system. Right. All these things that could not possibly happen, but now all of a sudden it can, and now you're not able to go back to, well, no, 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 we have to, it's like, it's already been here now. So you right. you cannot give us the Kool-Aid of this is impossible. Exactly. And so now that we've gotten that part out, it's like, what else can we create to simplify this? Mm-hmm. And I, I truly believe economy is going to be, changed into what we considered as volunteer work will be paid work and that's how we'll have to reconstruct a new economy and a new workforce of coming back in in really understanding what community is Mm -hmm. understanding um how we're to be humanitarian to each other um to like you know we're in a first world country in north america where there's like the highest rate of employment and you know, you have these billionaires and trillionaires and all that. And look at the rate of poverty and homelessness. Yeah. Right. And, you know, mental health, all that is, is really uh, a separation of self and not knowing about self-care, yeah, not knowing absolutely. how to love yourself yeah. and, you know, a big impact on the nervous system. Yeah. And now more and more, like, you know, for us to turn a blind eye and be like, it's not my problem. It's like, yeah it is our problem. Yeah. And you know, there is a choice where there's some people that are making a choice and you have to respect that yet a, right. a, a huge amount of it isn't choice. It's, right. it's this little game that's been put in um, that we all have to see like, you know what, we can recreate something different and we yeah. don't have to wait for the higher ups to give us no. that permission that no. we can come back and be like, you know what, let's work together. Let's create right. a place that we feel harmonious Um, that we're responsible and there's play we're forgetting to play and that (laughs) is like you know play is about movement Mm -hmm. nothing nothing can manifest without movement stagnant nothing grows when it's stagnant you need movement and energy needs movement yes and so we're forgetting to you know play and Mm -hmm. bring the play back into it and move this 
body and move the energies and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. And that's what the nervous system needs a lot. So when you're activated, movement is necessary. It's not yeah. always being able to sit. Sometimes you need to move to create that space so you're not bombarded by it. Yeah. And we're going to wrap up now. Yeah. And I want to say that the, a lot of the stuff that we talked about on the nervous system and individuals is the same for the collective, right? Yeah. So stepping out of that comfort zone and trying, you know, banking at home or, you know, the examples you gave or homeschooling or whatever, it's so incredibly scary to the individuals, which make up the collective. So yeah. you and I can hold the space of love without the judgment and just say like, we're here for you. So what is it that you would like to do? that feels really uncomfortable. And what is it, what's coming through your heart and your soul that's saying like, I know I want to try this, but then the whole collective is saying, no, 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 no. Great. Because 2020 really showed us that a lot of systems need to be reborn and reimagined. And so let's, let's help you kind of just have the courage to just do little baby steps, little turtle steps, a little bit at a time. Like we started a podcast interview when I was just doing it for fun. I literally was doing the friend when we met in the Facebook group six months ago, or maybe it was like nine months ago. And here we are after me doing 50 interviews and in two months for fun. Now I can yeah. sit and do these when they're official no recorded, <laughs> no problem. And so it just takes a little steps and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a beautiful mirror of love and light and wisdom and for speaking so eloquently and clearly. And I'm very honored to have, you on the podcast and I'm glad that it worked out as a second round because it was incredibly beautiful for me and I hope it was for you too thank you for having me and it was beautiful <laughs> all right signing off thanks everyone wow what an inspiration to get to spend time with Nat Nat B if you want to learn more about her you can connect with her on Facebook where she posts inspiring quotes daily or by visiting her website at www.liftoneself.com. Also, the next round of our Mastermind or Master Heart Inner Sangha group starts soon. If you're already serving humanity, but yearn for a deeper experience and connection with others who can help you take your gifts to the next level of service, then the Inner Sangha is definitely for you. To join or learn more about this intimate group, contact me at david at davidkrichards.com or visit my website at davidkrichards.com. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you stay connected to your inner landscape as a pathway to calm and serenity. Have a great day. Mm -hmm.